If you're a pro, you know that this is not efficient because you know there's a better way. There's also a better way to save. When pro customers buy building supplies in bulk at Lowe's, they save up to 20% every day. Buy in bulk and save up to 20% on concrete, gypsum, and gypsum accessories. At Lowe's, buy more, save more. Visit the Pro Desk or Lowe'sForPros.com for details. Discount applies to contractor pack items. Minimum purchase required, U.S. only. You are Locked On Jets, your daily podcast on the New York Jets. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's Tuesday, September 5th, 2017, and you are Locked On Jets. I'm your host, John B. from GangGreenNation.com. If you enjoy the show, subscribe to it. Many options, including iTunes, Audio Boom, and Spotify, and please give it a good rating. Hope you had a great long weekend. We are now back. It is week one of the NFL season, but before we talk about the Jets game against the Buffalo Bills, today we're going to do a show based on the 53-man roster. The final cuts were made over the weekend, and then some waiver claims here or there. The 53-man roster you see on cutdown day, which is typically the Saturday after the preseason ends, is not finalized because after that, Teams are scanning the cuts other teams made. They say, do we want to bring in this guy who got cut? So lots of tinkering. Probably more or less settled is the roster now for week one. There may be another move here or there, but now that we're at Tuesday, I think more or less we know who's going to be on the roster, at least for week one, and then the Jets will tinker. The Jets have a few suspended players who will be coming off the suspended list over the next few weeks. And then they'll have to make corresponding moves. They'll probably tink. They may tinker a bit with the back end of the roster. And then, of course, if players get hurt and go on injured reserve, it opens up a roster spot. But let's go through the Jets roster really quickly at the moment this podcast is rewarded. We'll go through position by position. At the quarterback spot, no real surprise. Uh, Jets keep three players, Josh McCown, Bryce Petty, Christian Hackenberg. Now, one thing to note in today's NFL is that it really is not a necessity to keep three quarterbacks the way it used to be. Before the current collective bargaining agreement, you really had every incentive to keep three quarterbacks. You see, even though rosters are for 53 men, you can only dress 46 of those 53 on game day. And typically about an hour to 90 minutes before each game, you'll see a list of inactives uh, tweeted out by each team. The NFL prior to 2011 had a rule where a team was allowed to activate a 47th player who had to be the third string quarterback. And he did not count against the other 46, uh, the typical 46. And this was, this was the guy was, again, he was the third quarterback and he was only allowed to come in if the top two guys got hurt or late game situations they got rid of that rule in 2011. So now what you see is teams still activate 46 players, but usually on game day, you only have two quarterbacks active. If you have three quarterbacks active, typically it's because either the third, one of the three quarterbacks is a gadget player who's going to play another role on offense, or you're concerned about the health of one of your top two guys. So you're activate a third guy as an insurance policy. So that means when you're building your roster, really, since you only have two quarterbacks active on game day, you really only need to carry two. So the utility in carrying a third guy is essentially as one of the back guys on your roster, one of the last guys on your roster, and typically those guys, I'm talking guys like you know probably 50, 
49, you know, 49 or 50 through 53. They're developmental players. So it only makes sense to carry three quarterbacks. If one of them is just a pure developmental guy you're working with on the practice field. And the Jets obviously have the veteran Josh McCown. So it came down to, was it worth keeping both Bryce Petty and Christian Hackenberg? And I think it's pretty clear Bryce Petty earned a spot on the roster, earned a chance to continue his development with his strong third preseason game against the Giants. And when it comes to Christian Hackenberg, Jets are probably not going to give up on a second-round pick after his second preseason, no matter how he looks. I think if Hackenberg was not a second-round pick, we'd be having a discussion about whether he'd be on the practice squad. But I think, at least for this year, he's probably safe. And I think next year, if he does not show improvement, we may be having a different discussion. But it was it's a lot to ask to ask a team to cut a second-year quarterback and try and get him onto the practice squad when it used a second-round pick on him. Running backs, the Jets kept for the keep Bilal Powell, Matt Forte, Elijah McGuire, and the fullback Julian Hauser. Not a lot of surprise for the first three backs. Powell, Forte, and McGuire were the three you expected them to keep. Powell and Forte are the veterans with moderate contracts, and McGuire was a sixth-round pick this year. There were some rumblings the Jets were looking to move Forte. I definitely could see the logic in letting Forte go because... If you combine the cap hit over the next two years, the Jets were going to pay the same against the cap, whether Forte is here, whether he's not. So my f- view on, on that front was maybe the Jets at least open up a roster. Since they're paying the same either, same thing either way, you might as well open up, you might open up a roster spot for a younger guy who might be part of your future. But I do understand why you keep Forte around. It comes down to McGuire. McGuire looked very elusive in the preseason, but the question with any rookie back is how well can he pass protect? Because pass protecting is a big deal, particularly a back like McGuire who projects as a receiving back. He projects as the kind of guy who is going to be in the mix out of the backfield as a target, as a target in the passing game. And you don't want to put a guy in there who doesn't know what he's doing as a pass protector, that's one of the first most important things to get on the field as a back in passing situations because you're going to have an important role against blitzes and you don't want to get your quarterback crushed. And a lot of people have talked about Josh McCown, how, and I've heard the word brittle thrown around. I don't think Josh McCown's really brittle. I think the issue with McCown is he doesn't really know what he's doing in the pocket and he takes a lot of unnecessary big hits as a result. So you need to protect him as well as you can. You need to control what you can control. You you can't control that McCown's going to struggle within the pocket, uh, but you can at least upgrade your protection. So I think McGuire's playing time will be dependent on him developing as a pass protector. And if he does that, he may get on the field sooner rather than later and take some of uh, Forte's reps. Until then, Forte is going to stick around and probably have a role. The fullback competition, Julian Hauser um, beat out Anthony Ferkser, the rookie from Harvard. Minor surprise on my end, just because I thought John Morton wanted to utilize, I think that John Morton wants to, from what I've seen, the little bit I've seen in preseason, I think he wants to utilize the fullback in the passing game. Ferkser has more experience as a pass catcher, but this was really kind of a pick em. I, I It was not really a big upset. I, I figured Ferkser would probably get it, but I'm not really shocked Hauser got it. Hauser, of course, uh, converted from the defensive side of the ball. This is his third training camp with the Jets. He was only he briefly made the roster out of camp last year, beating out Tommy Bohan, and then he was cut early in the season. And the Jets decided to go with no fullback. He gets another chance this year. Fullback probably figures to be in the mix more. 
Next, let's talk wide receivers. Jets actually keep seven here, a, a bit of a surprise. Uh, Robbie Anderson, obviously the number one guy. The two rookies are Darius Stewart, Chad Hansen. No shock there. Um, third, fourth round picks aren't going to get cut. Jermaine Curse, the guy the Jets just acquired from Seattle for Sheldon Richardson. Not a big surprise. You could have seen the Jets moving on from him, but he'll be around. He'll be hopefully a stabilizing presence for the Jets. Um, Sharon Peak, a bit of a surprise that he sticks around. And then the Jets claimed a couple guys off waivers, DeMaurier, Stringfellow, and Khalif Raymond. And my first reaction was, man, for the wide receiver position is not that good for the Jets. It's a bit odd that they're keeping seven guys. And then I thought a little more about it, and I think it actually does make sense. Even if the position's not that great, I view it as kind of an extended uh, competition, a competition that extends after training camp into the regular season. Lots of young guys in the mix. You want to see who stands out, and maybe you did not get a final judgment on that just based on the training camp in the preseason. So you extend things a little longer. You get you get a longer look at some of these young guys, and including the two young guys you brought in off waivers, Stringfellow and Raymond. I think Raymond's probably your kick returner. I'm not sure he's going to be much more than that. He's awfully small. But the other guys are going to compete. So, you know, I first thought maybe they'd cut Peak, but then again, I think Peak maybe may have a role on special teams. I think what you're doing is, and especially because this figures to be a pretty lean year no matter what happens, it's, you know, it figures to not be that great of a year for the Jets. It's really a year about player development, figuring out what you have, what young pieces you have to build around. So go into the season with a bunch of wide receivers and see if any of them are players. And you can always make changes during the season. So I view it as kind of an extended tryout for these young guys. Now at tight end, uh, Jets made, again made another waiver claim. Will Ty, the Jets claim him off waivers from the Giants. He joins Jordan Leggett and Eric Tomlinson. Austin Safarian Jenkins, of course, begins the season on the suspended list. And Jason Vanderlyn actually made the team Saturday, but with the addition of Ty in addition to others, he was cut. So Vanderlyn, um, unfortunately for him, misses out on, has a brief moment on the roster and then heads off the roster after the Jets claim will tie off waivers. There seems to be a majority view on this, and I will join in with the majority. I think tie was a good claim off waivers for the Jets. We all know the struggles they've had at the tight end position. You're hoping Safarian Jenkins has turned the corner, but you grab a guy who had 48 catches a year ago and maybe hasn't been a big red zone presence, but 48 catches a year ago... I mean, he makes of Antonio Gates and Kellen Winslow relative to what the Jets have had over these last few years. So, you know, solid addition, the type of guy the Jets really should have been looking to add over these last couple of years. I think this was a solid addition. And once Safarian Jenkins comes back, um, you know, actually a pretty solid mix of young potential at this position when you factor in Leggett, when you factor in Safarian Jenkins. Ty, again, 48 catches last year. And... You know, only 25 years old, turn, turns 26 during the season, so it's not superstar potential you've got at this position, but you can actually see this being a functional group, I think, and I, I think Ty's a big addition. I think it's a good addition. I think he certainly adds uh, something that was lacking. It's a consistent uh, threat in the passing game. Maybe not, you know, not a superstar, but at least a guy the defense has to account for, which is something the Jets have not had in a long time. And then, uh, no surprise, Jets keep nine offensive linemen. Kelvin Beecham, Brian Winters, Wesley Johnson, James Carpenter, Brandon Shell, Ben Ijelana, Dakota Dozier, Jonathan Harrison, and Brent Qualley. We'll see who starts at right tackle for them. I think Beecham's pretty secure at left tackle. Carpenter, pretty secure at left guard. 
Johnson, your probable starter at center. Winter is your obvious starter at right guard. And then you've got backups. Uh, Ijelana and Quali both have experience playing at center and guard. I'm sorry, um, tackle and guard. Dozier and Harrison can both play can play both of the inside positions so what you want you want versatility in your and your backup linemen you want guys who can play multiple positions the Jets have that the jury's very much out on the quality and preseason and training camp did little to alleviate concerns about the quality of this group but the way these guys will be deployed is more or less what I think what you expected on paper going forward now let's move to the defensive side of the ball. Defensive line, after the Sheldon Richardson trade, things got jumbled a little bit. You have Muhammad Wilkerson, you have Leonard Williams, you have Steve McClendon as your starters. Your backups are Coney Ely, Mike Pennell, and Claude Pilon. And I apologize if I butcher any names here. Lots of new names in the mix, so please forgive me if, I, if I've done that. Uh, a bit of a surprise, Pennell beating out... Dion Simon, the seventh-round pick from two years ago, and Simon being cut. Now, one thing to note is that um, Simon did get signed to the practice squad, but the Jets and Mike McCagnan, I think, really needed Simon to develop. Really need Simon to develop into a player to salvage this 2015 draft class because while Leonard Williams looks like an excellent pick, if you only get one player out of a draft, no matter how good, you can't really say it's a successful draft, particularly for a team that really needs young talent. Um, so a bit troubling that Simon doesn't make the team, but you've got quality at the, the starting positions. I think um, McClendon was a guy I've had my eye on for a while as a potential cut to save a little cash. The Jets have been going in that direction, getting rid of the veterans. He makes the team, though. Ely was a guy the Jets claimed, former second-round pick, solid rotational guy. Pilon was a guy who had a strong preseason. I didn't think he played that well in the finale, even though he had a lot of tackles, but I did think he stood out early in the preseason. I think that was enough to earn him a job. I thought he was a lock for the practice squad if he did not make the 53-man roster, but of course he did, and Pennell will be the backup uh, tackle. So that's what you got at the defensive line. Now, in terms of inside linebackers, this is a little interesting. The Jets claimed Edmund Robinson off waivers um, from Minnesota. I think he projects as an inside linebacker in this scheme, and he joins uh, a couple other guys, Darren Lee, Demario Davis, Bruce Carter, who was briefly cut and then returned, and uh, Julian Stanford. And again, I think Robinson projects is probably an inside linebacker he's also a guy who could be a special teamer for this uh football team look at the inside linebacker spot one of the things that's interesting to me is you have davis you have stanford and you have carter you have a bunch of guys who are i think kind of mid-career type of guys and not really high upside players and for a rebuilding team i'm not sure how much it makes sense to have three of these guys at one position i think you'd be better served if all things are equal filling your spots with younger guys who can take advantage of those practice reps since the team's not going anywhere anyway. So I'm not wild about keeping Davis, Carter, and Stanford around. Again, Carter was cut and then came back because the Jets placed Lorenzo Malden on injured reserve. Uh, so a little, but not wild about that. And then interestingly, on the edge, you only have three guys. You have Jordan Jenkins, the third-round pick from a year ago. You have Dylan Donahue, the fifth-round pick from this year, and you have Josh Martin, who the team re-signed. It was a kind of a, one of the few special team standouts the Jets had last year. And 
you wonder whether this might be a sign we'll see a lot of four-man defensive lines. Of course, Muhammad Wilkerson had an excellent year two years ago when he played a lot on the edge in four, on four-man lines. So it's interesting that they only keep three outside linebacker edge types. And that, again, that might be a sign that you see four, more four-man defensive lines. In particular, Martin. Martin did have a strong preseason, but he was playing a lot against backups on the defensive side of the ball. I think he's probably more of a special teamer. Now, at the corner position, Jets keep six. Uh, Justin Burris, Daryl Roberts, Morris Claiborne, Buster Screen, Derek Jones, Marcus Williams. Williams is a bit of a surprise just because he had a relatively large price tag, around $2.7 million that the Jets could have saved. And Williams is probably a backup. I'm a little surprised they kept him around. Derek Jones, I think, is, the, is a rookie sixth rounder, benefited a lot from the Dexter McDougal trade. I think the McDougal trade was a sign that the Jets wanted to get Jones on this roster. And, you know, it makes sense. Even though McDougal was having a strong training camp, look, the guy's in his fourth year. He was playing his way maybe into a dime roll. So let's, on a team that doesn't have a lot proven in the defensive backfield. So, you know, you can't go crazy over that. Claiborne's a guy the Jets are going to be depending on quite a bit. Screen is another guy like McClendon. You thought maybe he uh, would be on the chopping block. Jets could save a little money. He survives, it looks like. Burris was the fourth-round pick from a year ago. Jets are hoping he'll take on a bigger role this year. Again, we'll see what happens. Roberts was a guy I thought had a rough preseason. May have played himself off the roster, but he survives. So you have a, you don't have a lot proven at this position. You have the two veterans, Claiborne and Screen. Even Claiborne's not really proven. Claiborne has to show show you something. He's on a prove-it deal. That shows you how proven he is. Jets, Jets gave him a prove-it deal. So we'll see how that goes. Um, a, lot, a lot up in the air at the corner position. We'll see what other things change during the season. And the safeties, no great surprise. I think we knew who the first three would be. Jamal Adams, Marcus May, Rontez Miles. I could see Miles getting some playing time. Two rookies back there. Bowles does like to use three safety looks when he can. And then Terrence Brooks uh, makes the team. Terrence Brooks was the guy the Jets acquired from Philadelphia for McDougal. And again, it looks like maybe the Jets were uh, looking at the backup safety spot to find some special teams contributors. Miles can play special teams. And Brooks was a special teamer in Philadelphia as well. So maybe the Jets trying to juice up their special teams a bit. And we all know they could use it. And I always got the impression the last two years that the team was not really focused on special teams and roster building, and maybe to their detriment, because you want your backups to be able to excel in special teams. And I don't think the Jets focused on that enough in the past. We'll see how things go this year. And that brings us to the specialists. And this is really where things were strange. The Jets keep Chandler Cantazaro as their kicker, Thomas Hennessy as their long snapper, and Lachlan Edwards as their punter. We knew they were going to keep Edwards. We knew that was the most likely scenario unless they pulled somebody off the waiver wire. Frankly, kind of bizarre they didn't bring somebody in to compete with him after his struggles last year, at least token competition. But things got even stranger. They kept Cantazaro, who by most accounts lost the kicking competition to Ross Martin, was much less consistent in the camp about and training camp practices and they kept him so i mean your guess is as good as mine on that one and just as bizarre they keep thomas hennessy as the long snapper i don't think against hennessy i'm sure he may do a good job but as they uh kept hennessy they cut tanner purdom who may have been the biggest surprise cut from saturday purdom had been the longest tenured jet it was the third time this offseason the jets had cut their longest tenured player first nick mangold 
than David Harris. Now Tanner Purdom's gone. There are now zero Jets with experience playing in a postseason game in a Jets uniform. And what made it even more bizarre was the Jets released, when they released Purdom, they gave the press information that Purdom graded perfectly for his entire tenure with the Jets. Seven years, no bad snaps, no penalties on his uh, watch. And even though the Jets were telling it Purdom was perfect, they cut him. And it's odd that you'd cut a guy who's on a seven-year hot streak, seven-year perfect streak, but they did. And what's even more bizarre is the one explanation I think you could have had was Hennessy was Ross Martin's college long snapper. So you, And chemistry is important between a long snapper and a kicker. You just think about the timing. You throw, throw it off like one millisecond, you can totally change the outcome of a kick. So chemistry is important. But the Jets cut Martin, so just uh, and like I don't want to go crazy over a long snapper. I'm sure Hennessy will do the job fine. I'm sure the Jets had a reason to cut Purdom, but I found it rather odd. I don't know about you, but I mean, the, the, pretty much the the best explanation would have been chemistry. But then they cut the kicker Hennessy has chemistry with. So we'll see what happens. I'm not convinced Cantazaro is going to start the season. There still could be some tinkering at the kicker spot over the next few days. But that's the roster as it stands now. So. Those are my thoughts on it. Thanks for listening. This has been the Locked On Jets podcast. I am John B. from gangreennation.com. You can subscribe to the show, many options, iTunes, Audio Boom, Spotify, and please give it a good rating. Until Wednesday, hope you have a great day. Is democracy in danger or decline? Condoleezza Rice, William Galston, and Carlos Gutierrez and others take on this question in the fall edition of The Catalyst, a journal of ideas from the Bush Institute. Surveys show Americans place less trust in institutions like the media and business. Others contend America has faced far more challenging periods and emerged strong. Leading policymakers, Bush Institute experts, and respected journalists take on this debate. Read about it at bushcenter.org catalyst.